Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of Fantasy Warfare Tournament. In this case, we are finishing up the month of February, which is known worldwide as Black History Month. So we're going to honor Black History Month by looking at 16 of the greatest uh, African-American talent that have uh, been in the world of wrestling. There was actually a long list uh, when you look back at the history and so many to uh, look at. Narrowing it down to 16 was a little bit uh, more difficult uh, than we thought uh, originally when we came up with the idea, but we did find 16 uh, worthy uh, contenders to be in this uh, bracket of 16, and we are going to look back at a lot more history than just how we've looked at one title or one aspect. This is going to be a whole career uh, sort of uh, perspective with these 16, but I want to first thank everybody for joining us on YouTube and Facebook. And if you're listening to us on audio with being Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get podcasts from, that is great. We thank you for being with us. And we are part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and officially now part of the Johnners Podcasting Network in the UK. So we want to welcome all our new listeners to that and you can look back at all our uh, archive stuff over on uh, Facebook and actually uh, even better over on uh, YouTube where there's a separate playlist where you can come back and find all our Fantasy Warfare Tournament episodes. But it's not just a solo show. And to be able to do this tournament properly, we need at least three people on this show. And to start off, we got Stephen O'Neill, Ian Toronto, how are you? Good. I'm excited to have the genres join us. Uh, you didn't tell them though. If they have any ideas, make sure you send it to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything, because we are always up for ideas. And if any of those uh, lovely UK podcasters or wrestlers ever want to join us. Just hit us up. Exactly. And, and then you, you know, hear me curse and swear. Yeah, it's okay. But as I said, we need at least three people. And our third person is Jonesy in Niagara Falls. So as long as we have odd numbers, we can have anybody a part of this, uh, up to like nine people. So definitely contact us. Jonesy, speaking of I thought odd, you were gonna make an, I thought you were going to make an odd joke about me. Being I was just doing so. Speaking of odd oh. people, our third one is Jonesy and Niagara. How are you? I'm doing pretty good over here. It's a, it's a nice winter. Yeah, and, uh, winter very much. Depending on where you are in the province of Ontario, you're at different color codes uh, for being able to get out and do stuff. Uh, there's rumor that London might be down to yellow by next week uh jumping from red to yellow which is just uh, one step above green so who knows yeah. what's going on london, london london's color is green have you looked at the water well that is the thames river as was uh mentioned in jeopardy the other day so we'll see how it goes um we do have a video. <laughs> oh, Lord. These people are going to hate us already. 
Exactly. Uh, so we have a video uh, that we normally uh, post to uh, run down who is in contention for this uh, week's tournament. And we're going to show that, and then Steven's going to run down the bracket when I bring it up. So sit back, enjoy this uh, little minute clip, and we'll be back in just a moment. saw the video so i'll run down the matchups so we are going to have rufus r jones taking on the big cat ernie lad kofi kingston versus the natural butch reed brickhouse brown versus the ugandan giant kamala two cold scorpio versus coco beware rocky johnson versus the junkyard dog king booker or booker t versus jay lethal Sweet Daddy Siki versus Ron Simmons. Thunderbolt Patterson versus The Rock. And I think we should stipulate this isn't like what you've seen the last little bit. Like Sean said, this is their whole career, start to finish. So you've seen us do titles, so it's just that title reign. This is, we're going back to kind of what the, how this started. It's their whole career, so it could be anything. So I'm thinking guys like Butch Reed, Coco Beware, like especially Coco, you're going back, we're going back to Memphis right through where you're going to see guys, and this will be a learning experience. Some of you guys may not know that where some of these uh, wrestlers have, have been, so it'll be quite good that way. Yeah, Jonesy, your thoughts before we dive into uh, match number one? Uh, no deep thoughts, that's for sure. Uh, just, uh, yeah, some of these guys I'm looking forward to talking to. Uh, oh, sorry. Talk <laughs> talk about. Um, I, I, a lot of these guys, I know them because my father would say, oh, yeah, Ernie Ladd, that guy. That, 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 that. Where now I'm like, oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so. Yeah, so depending on uh, what uh, era you jumped into wrestling, you may or not have seen them, and as uh, Stephen pointed out, with uh, guys like uh, Coco and uh, Butch Reed, people might only recognize them from their WWE uh, time with uh, the bleach blonde hair and the birds and everything, depending on who we're talking about. And there's a lot more to them than just that. 
So we're going to dive into matchup number one, which has Rufus R. Jones taking on the big cat, Ernie Ladd. Uh, Rufus R. Jones, uh, born November 13th, uh, night, or sorry, J correction, July 4th, uh, 1933, died uh, November 13th, 1993 at the age of 60. Um, he was uh, from South Carolina and uh, passed away in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, six foot one, 273 pounds. And uh, yeah, he was known as Rufus R. Freight Train Jones. And he started his early career being trained by uh, Tony Santos in Boston Wrestling School. After uh, beginning his career, he used the uh, ring name of Buster Lloyd, the Harlem Hangman. And he claimed to uh, have learned how to fight on the uh, corner of Lenox Ave and uh, 125th Street in Harlem. His gimmick, uh, he wrestled in Texas and criticized local wrestlers for being inferior fighters uh, to someone who uh, grew up in the streets. And he feuded with Tiger Conway Sr., who emerged the victor in that feud. He later uh, changed his name to Rufus R. Jones and nicknamed himself the Freight Train. And in interviews, he would tell opponents that the uh, middle R stood for guts. Uh, he uh, formed a tag team with uh, Burrhead Jones, uh, who was also billed as his cousin. Jones ended up moving to uh, Missouri to wrestle, where uh, he worked uh, for promotion promoter Sam Mushnick in St. Louis Wrestling Club. He also uh, competed for uh, Heart America Sports Central States Wrestling. In 1971, he uh, won his first championship teaming with Steve uh, Bollas to win the uh, Central States uh, version of the NWA North American Tag Team Championships, and that happened in late 71. Uh, he win the belt uh, two more times, teaming with the Stomper and Bob Geigel in those uh, runs. He also had a short stint in Florida briefly, feuding with Leroy Brown in the early 80s. What people won't realize or even know about him, and which surprised me when we were looking up uh, Rufus R. Jones, is he's actually the father of Kenneth Johnson. And that may, name might not sound familiar to you, but when you say the name Slick or Reverend Slick, the doctor's style, that's actually his son. So he, I didn't know that Slick was actually a uh, second generation uh, star. But uh, we'll probably hear a little bit more about him uh, when we talk about Butch Reed. And, uh, yeah, so when you look at some of his uh, championship highlights, he won uh, in the Central States the uh, NWA Central States Heavyweight Championship twice, the NWA Central uh, States Tag Team Championship three times with three different uh, partners, as I said, Bob Brown, Dewey Robertson, and Mike George. The NWA uh, States Television Championship once, NWA North American Tag Team Championships. Uh, that was with Steve Bolas, Somper, and Bob Geigel. Georgia Championship Wrestling, NWA uh, Georgia Tag Team Championship, one time with Norval Austin. A whole lot of names I've never heard of, uh, basically. Uh, I've heard of Bob Geigel and uh, Bob Brown, but some of these other ones are eluding me. NWA Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship, one time. Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champion, one time with Bugsy McGraw. Uh, skipping uh, down a little bit more, 
Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated had him ranked 477th of the uh, 500 best singles wrestlers uh, in the PWI years, which led up to 2003. Uh, Pro Wrestling uh, this week had him as wrestler of the week, November 1st to the 7th in 1987. He was the Southeastern Championship Wrestling uh, Alabama Heavyweight Championship uh, Champion one time, and he was inducted into the WD Hall of Fame in 2018. So that's Rufus R. Jones' uh, career and championship highlights. He's going against Big Cat Ernie Ladd. Uh, he's a guy that uh, you knew from other uh, times in the WWF because he was still around when he was uh, even after retirement and you'd uh, see him for the Hall of Fame inductions and uh, different promos and stuff like that. And he's mostly regarded as probably one of the best guys who went from being a football player to a uh, professional wrestler. And so uh, Big Cat Ernie Ladd was born uh, November 28th, 1938 and unfortunately passed away March 10th, 2007. Uh, said he played uh, both uh, football and uh, wrestled, and it wasn't until he had to make a choice between the two uh, and an injury that occurred with his uh, knees that he had to uh, choose wrestling. He was actually doing uh, wrestling on the uh, off-season from football and was excelling in both, but... Uh, yeah, he was one of the biggest heels uh, in the business for much of his career, and he played a villainous character who would uh, arrogantly taunt his opponents and the crowd. Uh, he feuded with many popular wrestlers of the time, including Wahoo McDaniel, Andre the Giant, Bobo Brazil, Dusty Rhodes, and Mr. Wrestling uh, before he ended up retiring in 1986. Uh, he was inducted into the San Diego Chargers Hall of Fame in 1981, uh, he went to Gamble State University, and he was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 1989, and of course, a WD Hall of Fame in 1995. Looking at some of his other accomplishments, he uh, worked for the San Diego Chargers, the Houston Oilers, and uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the NFL before uh, switching full-time to wrestling. He was uh, drafted uh, fourth round pick in 1961 into the NFL. But we're talking about his uh, wrestling career here. And he started wrestling in 61 as a publicity stunt. Uh, some wrestlers in San Diego area challenged him to a uh, private wrestling workout. Before long, he was a part-time competitor in Los Angeles. And during the football offseason, uh, he was a huge draw in short order. Uh, knee problems cut his career short. Ladd wrestled uh, a number of different uh, professional associations, uh, including Worldwide Wrestling Federation, which was uh, Vince's father, Vince Sr., uh, and he was managed by the Grand Wizard. Additionally, he had several successful runs in NWA territories such as Mid-South, uh, NWF, and WWC promotion, which I believe that is uh, Carlos Colon's in uh, Puerto Rico. So he was known for his immense size and power and was a natural for Ladd to emerge uh, infused with other giants, including Andre. And he uh, would uh, always give somebody a nickname, like Andre he was Andre uh, the Big Dummy or the fat, uh, Big Fat French Fry. Uh, so 
he just liked insulting people, and even if it wasn't swearing, uh, he just get under people's skin. Uh, after leaving WWF, Vlad uh, ventured to Mid South, and he worked for Bill Watts. Uh, Watts was definitely a proponent of uh, pushing the uh, African American uh, talent. We will hear later on about how JYD was a top star under Bill Watts as well. Uh, he feuded with Orndorff, uh, Ray Candy, and uh, JYD, uh, and several. He served as a manager for Alpha and Sika, the Wild Samoans. After he retired in '96 due to the recurring knee problems, he returned to WWF as a color commentator and called uh, Battle Royal at WrestleMania II, which featured the football players, so it kind of worked out for him. In later years, uh, Bod was a longtime uh, friend of the Bush family and uh, supported the 2000 campaign of George uh, W. Bush. And Ladd also operated Big Cat Ernie Ladd's Throwdown Barbecue restaurant in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. I don't know if that's still open or not, but if you're in that area, check it out. Uh, could be uh, something uh, that has... Oh, it was destroyed uh, by Hurricane Katrina in 2005, so it doesn't look like it uh, get, came back to life. But it would have been a good place to uh, check out for memorabilia, for sure. So uh, looking at his championships and accomplishments, he was inducted in the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, in 2005, Central States Wrestling NWA uh, States Tag Team Championship, one time with Bruiser Brody. So imagine the size of those two guys coming after you uh, in a tag team match. I wouldn't want to be on the other side of the ring. Uh, championship wrestling from Florida. He was the NWA Florida heavyweight champion one time and the uh, Southern heavyweight uh, championship in Florida version one time as well. Georgia championship wrestling. He was the NWA uh, Georgia tag team champion with Ole Anderson. Skipping down some of the, there's a lot of NWA uh, championships. He was in the NWA Hall of Fame in 2013. Uh, he wrestled for NWA Tri-States, NWA Big Time Wrestling. Pro Wrestling Illustrated had him as 205 of the 500 best in the PWI years in 2003. Uh, Professional Wrestling uh, Hall of Fame class of 2018. WCW. Hall of Fame in 1994, uh, World Wrestling Council, North American Heavyweight Champion one time, uh, World Wrestling Federation Hall of Fame uh, class of 1995, as mentioned earlier, and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave, good old Dave Meltzer, had him uh, inducted into their his Hall of Fame in 1996. So I'm looking at these two uh, competitors, and for me, I have to go with uh, Big Cat Ernie Ladd, um, as much as uh, Rufus had an impact and even uh, lineage built, I'm going with uh, Ernie. Steven? Uh, I had Ernie moving on. Uh, I think Ernie's uh, career was uh, better. Um, go back and watch him in mid so you'll see an Ernie Lodd who I've seen do drop kicks, like standing drop kicks. And he he is a, a man that should not be doing necessarily drop kicks, but he looked really um, fluid when he did them. So 
I'm going Ernie. So Ernie's moving on, but Jonesy. You're on mute. Ah, yes, I, I totally forget about the mute button. Um, yeah, Ernie Ladd uh, is the obvious choice. Um, though I, I'm telling you, I do like Rufus R. Jones's, um, some of his names that he went by, one being the Harlem Hangman. Uh, just like, that fits right in with like Harlem Heat. So that moves us on to Matchup number two after Ernie Ludd uh, defeats Jones with a 3 nothing victory. And we have Kofi Kingston taking on the natural Butch Reed or Hacksaw Butch Reed. Steven? So Kofi Kingston, uh, born August 14th of 1981. I'm not going to try to pronounce his real first name because there's not a chance. Um he graduated from Boston College. Uh, he started in the in, uh, New England independent scene. Um, he debuted June 4th of 2006. Um, yeah, he was up in New England primarily. And 2006, uh, September, he was signed to a developmental contract in the WWE. Uh, down, and then he went to Deep South. Um, in Georgia, um, didn't really. S then he just kind of comes up out of what I would consider nowhereville because um, we started seeing uh, debut or vignettes on ECW on Sci-Fi in our, in and around December sixth of two thousand seven, and he had this very fake Jamaican accent, which was pretty fun. Um, he, he didn't really get his feet under him until, I really think until about 2009, 2010, um, when he was part of Team Raw at Bragging Rights when they won. Um, in around then you started to see that Kofi had was doing at the time. Um, he had some singles reigns in there. He was very much mid-card in there. And then he created Air Boom with R-Truth in 2011, uh, winning the Tag Team Championships. Um, started to see much more of what Kofi Kingston who we have now in and around 2011 when he starts teaming with um, R-Truth for Air Boom. Um, he, you know, he, he's got titles with all, with all through them, and we'll go through all that, but I think, at least personally, you really start to see where he could be a world champion um, in and around 2012, the end of 2012, um, when he's he's wrestling guys like Cesaro, Barrett, um, Bradshaw, 
Cody Rhodes. He's 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 definitely taking it up a level. He wins the United States Championship. Um, he, he's got he's wrestling uh, Curtis Axel in and around this time. Bray Wyatt. Um, he has two big uh, Royal um, Rumble moments. How he saves himself, which is now pretty much a running thing every year. Um, New Day forms in 2014. <sighs> I like the original concept of New Day. The anti-heroes, the ones who are always being looked over. Then they became this kid gimmick, throwing pancakes, cereal, and I didn't like them. Uh, he wins the WWE World Championship in 2018 as um, Mustafa Ali got hurt. He gets put into the Elimination Chamber and Kofi Mania takes off, which was actually, they did him right then. He, um, you know, he, he held it for 180 days. He's now back part of um, in the tag division. He's kind of being forgotten. Uh, he is he tag team champion right now with Xavier Woods? I think on Raw. No, they lost it to the Hurt Business. Um, but let's go down some of his honors. Um, best mo CBS's boat best moment angle of the year in 2019, him winning the t title. PWI Tag Team of the Year in 2012, Tag Team of the Year 2015 and 2016 as part of the New Day with Woods and Big E. Ranked number four in the best 500 single wrestlers, PWI 500 2019. Ranked number eight in the top 50 tag teams, PWI top 50 tag teams in 2020 with Big E and Xavier. Uh, Wrestling Observer, best gimmick in 2015. His WWE championships are one-time WWE World Champion, four-time Intercontinental, three-time US, five-time Raw Tag Team Champ, seven-time SmackDown Tag Team Champ, World Tag Team Champs once with CM Punk, match of the year in 2019 versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35. He's the 13th Grand Slam Champion um, under the current format, 12th overall. Um, he's got... Intercontinental Championship Tournament in 2010, SmackDown Tag Team uh, Championship Tournament in 2018. I think he, he they could be doing more with him. Then we got Butch Reed, uh, Bruce Franklin Reed, born July 11th, 1954, uh, passed away unfortunately um, February 5th of this year, 2021. He was a pro football player. Um, and he obviously switched to pro wrestler. Uh, he was a huge star in Mid-South, and we'll go over that. He had a brief run in WWE, another run in WCW, but his big runs were Mid-South. So we'll go over that. Um, early, he was trained in 1978. Um, where it was Hacksaw Butch Reed. Um, they won the 
him and Jerry Roberts uh, won the NWA state Central State Tag Team Champions in 1980. So two years into his pro wrestling uh, run, he won the Tag Team titles, which back then really wasn't heard of. Uh, him and Sweet Brown Sugar won the Florida version of the NWA North American Tag Team Champions when they beat uh, Dory Funk Jr. and David Von Erich. Um, he may, Reed mainly wrestled in the NWA in the 80s. Um, he really made a name for himself in St. Louis, Florida Championship Wrestling, and Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, I think his best run was uh, Mid-South um, and some Memphis. Um, but we'll talk about his Mid-South because this is really where his career takes off. Starts in 1983, basically through 1986. Um, he was known as Hacksaw Butch Reed and came into uh, the territory with a as a tag team partner, um, actually as a with the Junkyard Dog, which was insane. He was in uh, a program with Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the Hacksaw name. Duggan at the time originally was a heel. Um, he was part of the heel group, the Rat Pack, with uh, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. Um, the, this is where things get a little fun. Um, Duggan, they feuded over the name basically for a while until um, Hacksaw, until Duggan turned face uh, and Butchery turned heel almost instantaneously when he actually. Uh, turned on the junkyard dog, which if you've never seen it, you can find it on YouTube. It's amazing. Um, he turns on the JYD and DiBiase actually shows up to help him. Uh, Reed won the North American or the Mid South North American Heavyweight Champion um, Chip in about '83. Basically, they. The fans got to pick the challengers for that title. And so you saw JYD, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Crusher, Crusher Krusev, Magnum TA, basically were the fans were picking. Um, he, the title shot ended up going to Magnum TA where he, that's when Butchery loses it. Um, uh, fun fact, uh, same night that he loses the North American title, he and partner Jim Neidhart beat Magnum TA and Hacksaw Jim Duggan to become the Mid-South Tag Team Champions. Um, it's kind of fun because a few weeks later, he actually gets the North American title back, which the fans almost caused a riot because he wasn't um, the one that should have been picked. He was actually picked. Uh, JYD was picked. Gets really crazy. Um I'm not going to get into every little feud because you would be there forever. Um, just as the feud was getting uh, with uh, JYD and Butch Reed, um, was getting to what I call the fever pitch, Junker Dodd actually left Mid-South and signed with uh, WWE. Um, and this is when... <laughs> the greatest thing ever. Um, Butch Reed basically 
told everyone that he was he ran junkyard uh, dog off and because junkyard dog was a wuss basically um reed went to the awa for a short stint as jimmy garvin's bodyguard returned in to mid-south in 85. um he beat dick murdoch for the north american championship again um he had a one hour time limit draw again if you can find this one against nature boy rick flair find it if you can um he went to the central states in 1986 there was nothing um super big he did form a tag team with uh, rufus r jones as the soul patrol he turned on um jones and joined the group of slick jones's real son in 86 after a brief uh, feud um with rufus r jones uh he, Reed then feuded with Bruiser Brody till he lost the loser leave town match. Um, and that's when Slick and Butch Reed leave um, there. And Slick and Reed actually signed together in the WWF in 86 through 88. That's where he came in. Uh, they came in as a pair. Reed dyed his hair blonde and became the natural Butch Reed, which is hilarious it's a it was an, supposed to be an updated version of sweet daddy silky just in the wwe he never got going uh i'm not sure why it just never got going the WWE, but he just never got that push and never got that um steam going shortly after wrestlemania he left uh wwe Went to Jim Crockett Promotions and uh, the NWA, obviously. Um, it's where things get a little bit more fun. I think he was good at this. He immediately resumed his mid-sales feud with the Junkyard Dog. He was managed briefly by uh, James J. Dillon, so J.J. Dillon, before his contract was sold to Hiro uh, Masada, uh, Yamasaki Corporation. Uh, he didn't see much success early, but he left. But he came back pretty quick. Um, Steiners were actually involved with an angle with a uh, woman who promised doom for the two brothers, but she never really said what it was. Um, that's actually when Ron Simmons and Butch Reed came in as doom under masks. Um, that lasted quite a while. Um, they had a semi-decent run as tag team. Um, I enjoy Doom. I don't think they got the mask taken off too quick and they were gone. Um, Doom was split up. 92 to 2002 and 2005 to 2013, he was all over the independence. He was in the USWA, which is Memphis, Global uh, Wrestling uh, Federation. He was in Kansas City. Reed's last match was uh, May 18th of 2013, teaming with Bob Orton Jr., losing to Flash Flanagan and Ron Powers. Um, going over some of his, uh, his championships, Central State, NWA Central States Tag Team Champions, one time with Jerry Roberts. Uh, championship Wrestling from Florida, um, one time 
uh, NWA International Heavyweight Champ, NWA North American Tag Team Champs with uh, Sweet Brown Sugar, um, something special in Georgia, the Omni uh, Thanksgiving Tag Team Tournament in 1983. He won it with Pez Watley. He was the GWF North American Heavyweight Champion once. Um, Mid-South, uh, three-time North American Heavyweight Champion, uh, one-time Tag Team Champion in Mid-South with Jim Neidhart, one-time Mid-South Television Champion, um, ranked 174th of a top 500 best singles wrestlers during the PW year, years in 2003, ranked number 91 in the best uh, 100 tag teams of the PWI years with Ron Simmons in 2003. Um, one-time WCW tag team champion, obviously with Ron Simmons. Um, most improved wrestler in 1987, The Observer. World strongest wrestler in 1984. I'm going Butch Reed. I've seen a lot of Butch Reed in Mid South. I just, if I was paying, I would much rather see a Butch Reed than a Kofi Kingston right now. Jonesy, what's your pick? Wow. Um, my pick is Butch Reed. Uh, I have been able to watch both of them, and uh, yeah, I'd much rather watch Butch Reed. Yes, Kofi is better in the ring as far as technician and all that other stuff, but as far as being taken seriously, no. He's His character and everything, most of the things he's done there is it's not of a world champion. Um, I think Butch Reed would have... Uh, been a been a much better uh, champion, and if Butch Reed was around now, he would definitely be big, much bigger than he was uh, back in you know the WWF days and stuff like that. In Doom, actually, was the first tag team to hold the WCW belts because they won them when they it was the NWA, uh, still called the NWA uh, tag belt. So. Um, what read for me? Well, I'm going to throw uh, Kofi a bone here. Uh, just the longevity of his career, the original feud that he had with uh, Randy Orton, I uh, definitely enjoyed. The Kofi Mania that we ended up uh, getting was uh, definitely the breakout that he deserved and uh, needed. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's still throwing around pancakes and cereal and uh, everything that he's doing right now. Uh, of course, they're still playing off what happened two years ago with uh, Mustafa Ali, just to give some sort of storyline right now. But, you know, he's won so many titles with WD, uh, even after some stop and starts and everything. Uh, I would love to be able to go back and uh, check out uh, stuff from Butch Reed. But I'm going to throw Kofi a... Uh, Vote, even though Butch Reed was already moving on, which brings us to match number three. Jonesy, what's your take on Burkhouse Brown and the Ugandan giant Kamala? Oh, I'm so happy I have Kamala. I'm going to slap my belly. Um, so Brickhouse Brown, uh, real name is Frederick C. Wright, uh, August 11th to 19. Uh, sorry, he was born August 11th, 1960, and he passed away July 29th, 2018. Um, he died at the age of 57. Uh, his height was 5'8", 242 pounds, so he was uh, stocky, 
uh, guy, and his career uh, started in 1982 and ended in 2017. So some of the history on him, he was a top heel in several southern promotions in the uh, 80s and the 90s. He started with Southwest uh, Championship Wrestling in Texas, and he went to Memphis uh, Championship Wrestling Association in July 87, held the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship and the CWA belt. Uh, in August of 1988, Brown got involved in a racially charged angle with Robert Fuller and the Stud Stable, uh, wherein Fuller gave Brown a watermelon as a gift and beat him with a leather strap. Uh, this uh, worked for WCCW. Um, oh, sorry, then he worked for WCCW, uh, Pacific Northwest Wrestling, uh, WWF as an enhancement talent, uh, and uh, he jobbed to guys like Triple H and um, Henry Godwin. Uh, he held the USWA TV belt, uh, wrestled at JCW and in 2011, a pay-per-view losing to Austin Idol and others in a five-way. And if you don't know who Austin Idol is, uh, if you check uh, the old uh, episodes of NWA Power from about a year or two ago, Austin Idol has his own commercial, and he was big at one time in, uh, I believe, the southern states. Uh, so April 2017, he had stage four prostate cancer, lost some of his sight, and was reduced to 150 pounds. Uh, he was reported deceased on July 20th, 2018. And uh, the, his funeral was actually on his 58th birthday. So we're going to go on and see some of the belts that he had and a little more specific of where he worked. Um, AWA Southern Heavyweight Champion, uh, CWA Heavyweight Champion, um, a lot of uh, NWA and NAWA, which I'm a new age wrestling alliance. I don't even know if I've heard of that one. Um, to do to do, uh, pro wrestling illustrated PWI had him 130 um, out of 500 back in '92, uh, and now he's like he's still in the top 500. He worked also for Southeastern Championship Wrestling, um, and a lot of these ones he held their uh, either at least a tag team or a heavyweight champion, and of course, the USWA TV uh, championship. And Texas Heavyweight Champion is all a lot of the smaller promotions at that time. But uh, I actually hadn't really heard of this guy uh, before I went and got this information on him. Uh, Kamala, I know a lot of people know Kamala. Uh, but you know what? I, I It's hard to judge on Kamala because the character in which he had wasn't one you could take seriously. And in, in a way, it would be nice to have seen him have some other character to see if he could actually talk and stuff like that. It was just, it was all eyes and, and, and like miming is how he got across the crowds where the other guy was able to use his actual voice. So it's kind of hard where it's like Mal is almost a joke when you're talking about the man, yes. The character, not so much, especially in the Hogan years. Um, but anyway, so Kamala James Arthur Harris, who uh, uh, died uh, 
not too long ago, actually. Uh, he retired in 2010, um, born in May 28, 1950, uh, died August uh, 9th, 2020. Uh, Sentaboa, Mississippi, U.S. is where um, he was born and he was hailed uh, from Uganda. Uganda. He was 6'7", 380 pounds. Uh, he grew up in Coldwater, Mississippi, where his family owned a furniture store. He had four sisters. Uh, when he was around four, his father was shot dead during a dice game, uh, which left the family impoverished. Uh, he um, also helped uh, support his family as a sharecropper. Harris left high school in the ninth grade and became a habitual burglar. Uh, I would imagine he was much thinner back then. Uh, you definitely would hear him uh, coming, uh, slapping his belly. Uh, in 1967, local police suggested uh, that he leave town. As Harris put it, uh, uh, back then, if you didn't leave, like they said, you would be found dead somewhere. Uh, he relocated to Florida where he drove trucks and picked fruit. At age 25, he moved to uh, Benton Harbor, Michigan, where he met wrestler Bobo Brazil, Harris, and began training. In UK, in training was a monster similar to and that's where he developed and become a character. Uh, wrestled in the Mid-South and WCCW, uh, the WWF, a few times, started there in 84, KFAB Live Chicken on TV. Uh, they did that stuff back then. I remember Sika eating a, a raw fish right out of the ocean. Uh, he feuded with Hogan uh, for the title, left for the AWA and other promotions, came back to the WWF, uh, then left and came back, uh, back and forth. He had Harvey Wimpleman and Kimchi as his managers at that time. And then he went into semi-retirement, but he did wrestle still for like the next probably 15 to 20 years after his ma last mainstay in the WWF. Um, he went to WCW where that was actually kind of a better fit for him, I think, with the type of characters, like with the Dungeon of Doom and that, he just kind of fit in. Uh, the one thing about Kamala that is good is he was one of the top bad guys that you'd bring into your promotion to go against your your um, uh, main event guy because he looked like he was from a jungle. Um, but again, like I said, I would like to have seen him do a little more uh, as far as his belts, he doesn't have a whole bunch of them. He has a few, uh, nothing really worth mentioning. Uh, for me, Kamala does go on uh, just for the fact that this guy had a hard life growing up. And then he had a hard life near the end with diabetes, losing his legs. Um, the character to me was kind of ruined with the Undertaker. Uh, Kamala became more of a a comic strip thing than an actual beast. Um, but he goes past Brickhouse Brown for me simply because I didn't get to see Brickhouse Brown. Uh, he didn't, yes, he wrestled in a lot of the NWA, but he didn't really make it to 
the bigger stage where Kamala, again, you could bring Kamala into any promotion and have him go up against your main guy. And if you've never seen him before, you would just go, oh, my God, he could beat anybody. So um, Kamala for me. I'm going to mute myself there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, also uh, choose Kamala. Uh, just the fact that, uh, as you said, uh, unfortunately, Brickhouse Brown didn't make it to uh, a bigger stage, at least not on a uh, character and uh, influential way. Uh, he did make it to WWE, but was enhancement talent. That's all they saw him as. Uh, as opposed to Kamala, and let's make sure that we're not uh, uh, confusing him as Kamala Harris, which is also the uh, Vice President of the United States. A lot of people uh, were getting that confusing when they were talking about her and his death all at the same time. It was thankfully not having to be in the States for that. But uh, yeah, he was a challenger for uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, viable. I as much as it was kind of hokey, I loved his uh, feud with The Undertaker and uh, that whole casket match and him uh, trembling uh, and stumbling over himself when uh, Taker was coming for him. But, uh, yeah, Sugar Bear Harris, a.k.a. Uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, is moving on. Is it a clean sweep, Stephen? Yes, it is. Sorry, I had myself on mute. Yeah, I had Kamala moving on. A uh, few fun things. Kamala's opening vignette in Mid-South, or in Mem I think it was Memphis. It was in Memphis. It was actually shot at Jerry Jarrett's backyard when he came out of the um, bushes, and that's when the, the Ugandan giant came out. Um, I think Kamala didn't need championships to be Kamala. I actually think... Kamala with a world title would have been weird. Um, I actually liked Kamala with his handlers, Kim Chi and Harvey Wilkman and Slick. And it was just, it was something different. So Kamala's moving on for me. So that's a clean sweep there. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, Kamala was a guy who uh, does fit into that uh, sort of Jake Roberts, uh, Rick Rude. Uh, Ted DiBiase area where they were good enough characters that didn't need to have the title to be viable. Moving on to Kamala have the belt once and then he would have tried to eat it and then just throw it away and then they would rule that he could never hold it again because he doesn't respect it, blah, blah, blah. That way he can win, lose, it doesn't matter. And you know he could beat everyone. True. Uh, so we're moving on to match number four. It's Two Cold Scorpio, uh, who I have actually met uh, here in London at a Hardcore Wrestling Federation uh, event, and I got a picture of him with his, uh, put, trying to put me in a headlock, but doesn't uh, work out so well. Uh, so Two Cold Scorpio, Charles Skaggs, uh, born October 25th, 1965. Uh, he was known as Two Cold Scorpio and also Flash Funk. Uh, he worked for WCW, WWF, and ECW, all uh, three uh, major brands in North America. He also appeared in Japan for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. 
uh, championships held by uh, Scorpio were, of course, uh, the ECW Tag Team Champion Tag Team Championships, the ECW World TV uh, Title, the uh, GCH Tag Team Championships, and WCW uh, Tag Team Title with uh, Marcus Bagwell. So his early career, he made his professional uh, wrestling debut in '85. Adopted the name uh, Scorpio or Two Cold Scorpio. He wrestled in various independent promotions across the U.S. before uh, being recommended by Vader, of all people, uh, to go to uh, New Japan, and he trained uh, in the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Dojo. He also wrestled in Europe and Mexico. So uh, he made his way to WCW in 92 until 94, uh, debuted November 18th, 92, as Ron Simmons' mystery partner uh, at Clash of Champions 21, had a brief uh, reign as tag team champions with Bagwell, as I said, in October 93. Although he was released in 94, uh, Scarpio uh, competed in WCW-promoted pay-per-view uh, World Collides uh, later that year, uh, and WCW New Japan produced pay-per-view uh, collision in Korea, which I think is going to be a subject of uh, the dark side of the ring uh, for season three. He then made his way to ECW and debuted uh, there in 94. Uh, he had four reigns as television champion and one reign as uh, tag team champion with Sandman. He had feuds with uh, guys such as Taz, Shane Douglas, Sabu, and Mikey Whipwreck. So following his departure for, uh, for the WWE, uh, Scorpio returned to ECW for a one-night house party in 98 and was the mystery opponent for Taz. Uh, over in WWE, he was there from 96 to 99, and uh, he debuted November 17th at the Survivor Series in 96 as Flash Funk. Uh, that gimmick, he was wearing a zoot suit and was accompanied by his Fly Girls, or the Funkettes, uh, towards the end of his uh, first WWF run, uh, he reverted to uh, Two Cold Scorpio and later shortened it just down to uh, Scorpio and began uh, teaming with former WCW teammate and friend Ron Simmons, as well as Terry Funk uh, through most of uh, 98. As soon as he became a member, uh, soon later he became a member of Al Snow's Job Squad, and that also had... Uh, I think Hardcore Holly, possibly Stevie Richards, and a couple others uh, in the job squad. And uh, he was part of the uh, one and only Brawl for All as a replacement for Ken Shamrock. That thing just destroyed people's careers uh, to no end. And he lost in the quarterfinals to Godfather. In early 99, uh, Scorpio requested uh, time off to deal with some personal problems, and WWF just ended up releasing him. Uh, he ended up uh, working ECW and Pro Wrestling Noah from 99 to 2006. Returned to WWE in 2006, uh, but that was uh, working down in uh, Deep South Wrestling, which was a developmental territory for uh, WWE at the time, but that didn't last long. And he was gone by May 11th, uh, 2007. Uh, without even making another appearance on uh, WDTV. He did appear on the uh, 15th anniversary of Raw uh, in 2007, and he participated in the Battle Royal as Flash Funk, eliminating uh, Steve Blackman. 
plus eliminated himself. I uh, worked at the Independence from 2005 to present. And so looking at some of his uh, championships, uh, All-Star Wrestling Alliance uh, champion one time, big time wrestling champion one time, Canadian Wrestling Elite, uh, junior uh, Unified Junior Heavyweight Championship one time. He worked in Shikara, uh, ECW, uh, we mentioned the tag team titles with Sandman, and four-time uh, TV title. Uh, German Wrestling Federation, he uh, was the heavyweight champion and uh, won the heavyweight title tournament in 99. He's the Hardcore Hall of Fame class of 2014 PWI had him ranked 201 of the uh, 500 best singles wrestlers in uh, the PWI years to 2003. Uh, Pro Wrestling Unplugged, uh, heavyweight champion three times. Rocky Mountain Pro, uh, tag team champion one time with Airborne. Alex Anthony, uh, WCW tag team champion with Bagwell. And Wrestling Observer Newsletter had him as the best Wrestling maneuver with his 450 splash in 92 and most underrated uh, wrestler in 97. Switching over to Coco Beware, we mentioned earlier a lot of people just know him as the Birdman, uh, but James Ware was born uh, June 20th, 1957, and uh, he debuted in uh, 78, became widely popular in 96 in WWF, uh, where he went from uh, a strong mid-card to, unfortunately, the jobber to the stars. Um, he did do the uh, title track to the Pile Driver album, which was wrestling album two. So he was uh, at least good uh, enough to sing that uh, song. And he was on the uh, inaugural uh, episode of Monday Night Raw, losing to Yokozuna. So his earlier years in professional wrestling, uh, 78 to 86, he was uh, in Mid-South, Georgia, and other NWA territories. Uh, early in his career, Coco uh, was known uh, not to uh, find great success, uh, learning the ropes and paying his dues in both uh, Jerry Jarrett's Continental Wrestling Association and Nick Gallus uh, territory in the South. It was not until uh, 1980 when his fortunes changed and he participated in a battle royal to crown the first ever mid-American television champion. The uh, crowd favorite was uh, Jimmy Valiant, who uh, Coco accidentally uh, knocked into Danny Davis and uh, was eliminated. Moments later, Coco dumped Davis to the floor and won the title. So that was his uh, first uh, tap of gold. Where uh, floundered until September 81, when he uh, was chosen a referee, in uh, Southern Heavyweight Championship title match uh, between Jerry Lawler and the Dream Machine, and where unfairly counted Lawler to give uh, the uh, Dream Machine a victory, and the decision did not set well with Lawler nor the fans. So Coco uh, obviously turned heel at that time, and he aligned himself with Jimmy Hart and Jimmy's first family and changed his name to Sweet Brown Sugar. Uh, Sugar never got the best of Lawler, but he did taste tag team success alongside Steve Kern and uh, then with Bobby Eaton. Uh, so those two are legends uh, as well. Eaton Sugar ended up winning the AWA Southern Tag Team Championships. Uh, as Sugar uh, Lee, he uh, successfully teamed with Eaton, but that didn't go uh, too far because they ended up uh, breaking up after uh, 
Eaton and him beat uh, the Rougeau, I mean, Jacques Rougeau for the uh, Mid-American Heavyweight title. And during an interview where Eaton and Hart bragged about the victory, Sugar complained, and that started setting up their uh, breakup uh, when they defended against uh, was it Terry Taylor and Bill Dundee. So a lot of things uh, ended up going that way. He ended up uh, changing his name to Stagger Lee. Eventually uh, made his way to WWE, and from 86 to 94, he was known as the Birdman. He was part of High Energy uh, with Owen Hart. Uh, he took on the Head Shrinkers in Survivor Series 92. Just sort of floundering in uh, WWE and, as I said, uh, jobber to the stars. He ended up uh, being able to work in USWA when WWE had their relationship with Jerry Lawler and uh, the organization, and he ended up beating uh, Jerry Lawler for the uh, championship, and he actually won it twice, beating Kamala for it as well. Uh, he hooked up with Rex uh, Hargrove and won the USWA Tag Team Championships once in 93, and in 96, he feuded with Brian Christopher and Jerry Lawler. He left in 97 before the company shut down later that year. Um, from there, he was all over the place. Uh, American Wrestling Federation from 94 to 96. I think uh, Jonesy actually recorded some of those episodes and sent them my way when I was uh, going to college. But uh, you'd see him also in Beyond the Mat. And uh, after USWA, he didn't wrestle much. Uh, just made a lot of special appearances on the indie scene. So that's uh, a lot of his career. Looking at his uh, championships, uh, Badger State Pro Wrestling, heavyweight champion, one-time tag team champion there, twice with Juicy Johnny, uh, Continental Wrestling Association, AWA Southern Tag Team Championship, seven times, uh, once with Norval, uh, sorry, three times with Norval Austin, twice with Bobby Eaton, once with Stan Lane, and once with Dutch Mantel. So, I know at least three of the four um, and good quality names there. Uh, the IWCCW Heavyweight Championship one time. Uh, Real Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion one time. Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked them 406 out of 500 best singles wrestlers in that uh, PWI years in 2003 list. Uh, USWA Heavyweight Champion twice. Tag Team Champion one time. And he received a WWE Hall of Fame induction in 2009, which a lot of people go, why? But when you look back at uh, his career elsewhere, he kind of uh, deserves it. And he was, I guess, could be also considered a sort of gatekeeper uh, when you look at his uh, career, that if you could get past Coco, which a lot of people did, you were able to advance up the ladder. So, uh, yeah, looking at these two, Though I think I'm going to go with Coco Beware. Uh, advancing, Two Cold Scorpio might have worked the three major promotions, but I don't know. They didn't see much in him for WWE, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going Coco as well, so Coco is moving on. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio was great in ECW, but in WCW and WWE, he just wasn't there. So... I'm definitely going Coco. And Jonesy. You're on mute. Um, 
So I'm I would vote for two cold Scorpio. He's the better wrestler. Um yeah, and WWF they didn't let him do his thing, but uh I can watch him all day, ECW. Uh, even WCW, I thought he was pretty good. Um uh, he just got the short end of the stick. Uh Coco Beware, he's great as far as fan favorite kids and stuff like that, but wrestling wise i oh i much i'd so much rather watch uh two cold scorpio so that brings us to our uh next matchup with coco advancing and that is rocky johnson taking on junkier dog steven so rocky johnson uh Born August 24th of 1944, actually in Amherst, Nova Scotia. Passed away January 15th of 2020. Um, he's obviously the father of The Rock. Um, started um, in uh, the NWA in 1964. Basically between 1964 and 1982, he's uh, big in the NWA. Uh, and in Southern Ontario, um, he legally changed his name to Rocky Johnson. Um, basically a tribute to his two favorite boxers, uh, Rocky Marcesino and Jack Johnson. Um, he was top contender in the seventies for the NWA heavyweight title. Um, he was in Memphis a lot. Uh, WWF between 82 and 85. He feuded with Morocco, Valentine, Sharp, Buddy Rose, Adrian Adonis. Tagged with Tony Atlas. Um, they defeated uh, the Wild Samoans off on Sika for the tag team titles. Um, they were the first black men to hold WWF championship together. They were billed as Soul Patrol. Um He's uh, NWA Tag Team Champion four times with Ben Justice and Big Time Wrestling. Championship Wrestling from Florida, he's got a Brass Knuckle Championship. Heavyweight Title Champion six times. Florida Heavyweight cha uh, Tag Team Champs once with Pedro Morales. Television Champion one. Uh, AWA Southern Tag Team Champion four times. Once with Valent, three with uh, Soul Train Jones. Uh, Georgia Heavyweight Championship twice, Tag Team Champions in Georgia once with Jerry Bresco, um, NWA uh, Marcone Tag Team Champions once with Little Danny Bear, two-time NWA Tag Team Champion or Television Champion Mid Atlantic. Oh, there's so many. We're not going to go through all of them. He big in the NWA in the little uh, shootoffs of it. Um, uh, PWI ranked him number. 211th of the top of the best 500 singles wrestlers during PWI the years in 2003. St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2008. In the WWE, one-time tag team champion, obviously with Tony Atlas, and he was inducted in 2008 into the WWE Hall of Fame. JYD, Junkyard Dog, um, started as, shocking, a football player. Um, and then, obviously, he, because uh, Bill Watts loved football players, he went to Mid-South, um, born December 13th of, uh, of 1952, passed away June 2nd of 1998. 
started in the Tennessee territory, working with uh, Jerry Jarrett and um, uh, Nick Goulas. Um, his big uh, first run was in Mid-South with Bill Watts between 1980 and 1984. Um, wrestled a ton of guys, Michael P.S. Hayes, uh, the Freebirds, he teamed with Cowboy Bill Watts when he came out of retirement. Um, Ernie Ladd, Ted DiBiase, Kamala, Clean Kong Bunny, Butch Reed. There are so many. Um, Nick Bockwinkle, he wrestled with tons of guys. Um, probably at his best when he was in Mid-South. Um, he was in great shape and a lot of fire. When he went to the WWF, uh, in 1984, he'd lost something, um, put on a lot of weight, and he just lost the the drive, it looked like. Um, didn't really do much in the WWE then. Went to the NWA, WCW, in, from 1988 to 1993. Again, he just was kind of there. He was a six-man tag team champion with um, Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich. Didn't really do anything for me. Uh, like I said, his big run was in Mid-South. He's a three-time Mid-South Louisiana champion. That's before the Mid-South combined from the Louisiana branch and uh, the Tennessee branch when they combined. He's a, a four-time Mid-South North American heavyweight champion, an eight-time Mid-South tag team champion, once with uh, Buck Robley, once with Terry Orndolph, once with uh, Killer, Kyle, Killer Carl Cox, uh, three times with Dick Murdoch, once with Mike George, once with Mr. Olympia. Uh, he's a one-time NWA Mid-America Mid Tag Team Champion with Gypsy Joe. PWI ranked him number 51 of the best 500 singles wrestlers in the PWI of the years in 2003. Um, you name it, he's been inducted. Uh, like I said, WCW, six-man tag team champion once. Um WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. Uh, Wrestling Observer had him um, feud of the year in 1982 with Ted DiBiase. Worst feud of the year in 1990 with Ric Flair and WCW. Worst tag team in 1986 with George Steele. I'm still going JYD because if you watch him in Mid-South, there was something about him. Unfortunately, when he went to WWE, he put on a lot of weight and it almost looked like he stopped caring. But I'm still going JYD. Jonesy. It's a bit of a tough one. They're both, you know, I, I mean, if you go by numbers, Rocky Johnson hasn't beat. But um, even though JYD lost the step in WWF, he did win the Wrestling Classic, which basically was a King of the Ring format. Um, but he didn't – he has like a third of the championships that um, Rocky Johnson has. Rocky Johnson was huge back in the day. Um, mind you, I barely have watched any of his matches. Um, I got to go with Rocky Johnson, though, uh, for the fact that, you know, JYD, he – I didn't get to see him in the Mid-South uh, area and that, but the WWF, I thought he was 
good. He was he was a good. Uh, he just looked good, but he again, he's almost like a Coco Beware to me uh, because we didn't get to see him when he was good, and that happened to a lot of these guys. So I got to go with um, Rocky Johnson. Well, I guess I'm the tiebreaker on this one, and I too am going to go with uh, Rocky Johnson because. Um, it's unfortunate that JYD got hooked on uh, the various painkillers or drugs that was uh, in the system. And uh, if you hear different stories on JR and uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcasts, uh, when they bring him up, especially from his Mid-South days and what happened to him in WWE, yeah, it's a sad case. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Soul Man Rocky Johnson, which brings us to our next matchup. Jonesy, you have Booker T versus Jay Lethal. I sure do. Well, Booker T, um, he was born in March 1965 uh, in Plain Dealing, Louisiana. Uh, 110th Street, Harlem is usually where um, was his uh, build, um, where he lived, <laughs> came from, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, six foot three, uh, 256 pounds. Uh, he started in 89, and he's pretty much retired, but, you, you know, you might see him once in a while. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. He is also a promoter, promoter, a colorist, a color commentary as well. Um, he's okay on commentary. Uh, he's currently, of course, with the WWE, and he is um, owner of his own independent promotion, Reality of Wrestling, in Texas. Um, of course, Booker T and his brother uh, uh, were one of the top WCW tag teams. Uh, and Booker T not only held the WCW tag titles, but he would go on to be the five-time WCW champ. Of course, one of those was in WWF and uh, would have great success in the WWE uh, compared to kind of what he had in WCW. Um, he had success at the end, but of course, they go belly up. Uh, and he was smart enough to get on the WWE train as soon as he could. Uh, he has over 35 titles uh, to his career, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, that was also, actually, he's been in there twice, uh, 2013 and then again with his brother in 2019. Uh, some of the uh, belts he has and things he's won. Uh, seems like everyone's in the Cauliflower Alley Club um, PWI, uh, Inspirational Wrestler of the Year, Most Improved in, in 98, and Tag Team of the Year twice, 95 and 96. And he was ranked number five out of the top 500 PWI in 2001. And then he's got some other stuff in TNA, of course, WCW, I mentioned most of that stuff. He's got United States. I think most people are familiar with what he's won. Um, me, I'm voting for him right away, uh, only because, again, here's a guy, Jay Lethal, that, yes, he's good, um, but he he hasn't had the same career as far as Booker and, and being in more of the, the mainstream than, than um, uh, Jay Lethal. So I got to go. And just skip over Jay Lethal, uh, um, just because there's no sense of reading his stuff. Um, we're going with who we think is better, and I think 
that uh, I'd much rather see Booker T and you're going to make a lot more money on ticket sales with Booker T. Yeah. So uh, your vote is going to uh, Booker T. Mine also is going to Booker T. Uh, Jay Lethal, multi-time uh, champion in Impact Wrestling, TNA, uh, whatever it wants to be called when he was there, and also uh, a mainstay and uh, longtime champion in uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, but his career is still going on. Uh, so it's a little bit hard, almost like Kofi, uh, to the extent uh, trying to compare uh, anybody currently active compared to people who have had their careers, and we can look at them from start to finish. But when you have a 10-time WCW uh, Tag Team Champion, five-time WCW Tag Team Champion, one-time WWE Tag Team Champion, two-time Hall of Famer, a uh, couple I've don't have the list in front of me, but how many times uh, he won tag team titles in WWE, United States champion, stuff like that, internal champion. It's got to be Booker T. Clean sweep there, uh, Stephen? A clean sweep. Uh, I love Jay Lethal, but yeah, it's a clean sweep. If Jay Lethal had drawn somebody else, well, you might have been thinking something different, but he drew Booker T, and it's a hard uh, time to get out of the first round. On that, which takes us to our second last match in the first round, and that is Sweet Daddy Seeky taking on Ron Simmons. Sweet Daddy Seeky, born uh, June 16th, 1940. Uh, he's retired uh, now, he's also a singer. Uh, he started wrestling in 1955 in New Mexico. He uh, did some uh, training in LA um, with Ray Ortega and uh, Sandor Zabo. Uh, he weighed about 180 pounds when he started, but within three years, he weighed 230 pounds. He's also believed to be the first African-American to challenge for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, so he ended up uh, being born in Montgomery, Texas, but he's uh, one of Canada's uh, favorites as he lives in Toronto, and people know him for uh, training uh, Edge and Christian, uh, along with Ron Hutchinson, uh, Edge won the uh, writing contest that Sweet Daddy Seeky was doing with his school. Uh, so he worked, uh, he was a top draw in the 60s and 70s. He fought in Stampede Wrestling for years, traveled to uh, Berman McKinley's uh, circuit and was uh, mainstay in the Eastern scene. Uh, he's known for his headbutt or the cocoa butt and his neckbreaker maneuver. Uh, looking further in the 80s, he uh, wrestled across the Maritimes and small North American towns. Uh, he made his uh, appearance on SmackDown in uh, September 13, 2011 for Edge Appreciation Night, along with several other WWE legends. Uh, he wrestled Mike, Mike Sharp uh, the two following weeks. Uh, <laughs> Besides Canada, Seeky was uh, has wrestled across the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Puerto Rico, the Bahamas, and Trinidad. Uh, he's had out a couple of albums, and if you're in the Toronto area, I believe he's still doing karaoke on Queen Street. Uh, so, Stephen, you're in Toronto. Who knows uh, when karaoke can resume? Maybe uh, be able to find where he is in uh, Toronto, but championships that he's had the 50th state, uh, big time wrestling, 
uh, NWA North American Heavyweight Champion, Hawaii version once, the Hawaiian Tag Team uh, titles once with Moondog, uh, Maine, Maple Leaf Wrestling, NWA International Tag Team Champion, the Toronto version with uh, Bulldog Brower, uh, NWA Ohio Eastern States Championship Wrestling, Stampede Wrestling, the NWA Canadian Heavyweight Championship, Calgary version, the Stampede North American Heavyweight Champion, one time WWC uh, North American Heavyweight Champion two times, and he's part of the Canadian Hall of Fame class of 2016. He's taking on Ron Simmons. Uh, Ron Simmons, born May 15th, 58, uh, retired professional football player, and uh, also a former WCW heavyweight champion, worked for ECW under his real names of uh, Ron Simmons, eventually went to uh, WWF and came in, unfortunately, with that whole gladiator and the egg thing and uh, managed by Sonny and going by Farouk Assad. Eventually, it dropped down to Farouk. He got rid of Sonny, got rid of the whole gladiator thing started uh, almost a black militant group with the uh, nation of domination, even though it was originally other nations because you had a Puerto Rican and a white guy in there. But it did eventually become more of a black militant group. But uh, in WCW, Simmons was a one-time world heavyweight champion, the first African-American to win the title, and he's recognized by WWE as the first black world champion in professional wrestling history. He also was a one-time WCW tag team champion with Butch Reed as Doom, a one-time uh, WCW United States champion with uh, tag team champion, should I say, with Big Josh, and that uh, became Doink the Clown. In WWF, he was a three-time WWF tag team champion with Bradshaw, uh, one half of the APA, and oddly enough, that seemed to be one of his most successful things when he finally was in the WWE because the nation was meh, got overshadowed by The Rock. The uh, Acolytes was eh, but when they decided to do the uh, uh, Acolytes Protection Agency, they had the skits backstage with the poker table, smoking cigars, the door that people had to knock on uh, just to talk to them, even though there was no other walls. Uh, people loved that whole gimmick, and of course, his iconic, damn! Every time he shows up uh, and does stuff. Uh, but prior to coming to uh, into wrestling, he was a defenseless tackle in the NFL and the CFL and uh, United States Football League. So much like uh, Big Cat Ernie Ladd. So he worked uh, for Cleveland Browns, Ottawa Rough Riders, and Tampa Bay Bandits. So good football career back and forth. His uh, jersey is retired at Florida State. I think one of the only uh, retired jerseys that they have, and because he played there from 77 to 80. Uh, ran through some of his career. I didn't realize he was in WCW as long as he was, but then he was kind of mid-card, and then uh, started uh, Doom, and after that broke up, he got that victory over Vader. He didn't hold it too long, unfortunately, but lost it back to Vader. Uh, just looking at some of his championships, uh, NWA Florida heavyweight champion one time, Memphis Championship Wrestling, tag team champion with Bradshaw once, 
Ohio Valley uh, Southern Tag Team Championship with Bradshaw. So they took their gimmick uh, to other places. PWI had him as the Inspirational Wrestler of the Year in 92, ranked 20 in the top 500 uh, wrestlers in PWI 500 in uh, 92, 108 in the top 500 PWI years, uh, 2003 edition, ranked 91 top tag teams, uh, 100 tag teams in PWI years with Butch Reed as Doom in 2003. Uh, WCW uh, champion one time, Butch Reed tag team champion, U.S. Uh, tag team champion with Big Josh, uh, three-time WWF tag team champion with Bradshaw, and he got inducted into Hall of Fame in 2012 for WWF. Uh, so looking at these two, I have to go with uh, Ron Simmons for sure because even if they both had some of the same career, you got Ron Simmons as the first African-American heavyweight champion of a major company. And that holds a huge amount of honor uh, in the world. So I'm going with Ron Simmons. Steven? Oh, Ron Simmons. It's, this one's easy. Um, so it's Ron Simmons for me. Jonesy, is it sure. a clean sweep? Uh, yeah, it is. It's a very clean sweep. Okay. And so, we move to our final matchup of the first round. Steven. So we have Thunderbolt Patterson, who liked to sue every uh, promoter who didn't make him world champion. And he'd say that it was because he was black. So that's his call to fame. Then we have The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, which and this is going to be quick because if we were to talk about him, we'd be here all day. Um, Born May 2nd, 1972, started obviously as a football player, uh, switched to um, wrestling after he was uh, in the CFL. He's he's the rock. So, like, I'm not going to go into every, like, he's a movie star. Um, he started um, his in the WWE, obviously, it's the only spot he's ever been, or in the WWE farm system. Um, his tryout match was in 96, um, March 10th. He then obviously went down to the USWA, which is uh, Memphis, but that was kind of at the time the WWF's developmental um, uh area uh he came in shortly after he signed he went to memphis and came back up he was given the name blue chipper it didn't work basically he didn't you heard a lot of die rocky die chance was i thought would have killed his career basically when he got to uh the nation of domination it turned his career around, and when he became the leader, it was in like you could see it was going to be the skyrocket, the rocket on his back. He became part of um, '98 to 2000 champions. He was in the corporation. We'll just go through all of his. I mean, what has he got? He's got PWI match of the year in '99. 
in 2000 or um, 2002. Um, most popular wrestler in 99 and 2000. Wrestler of the year in 2000. Ranked number two in the top 500 of PW500 in 2000. USWA Tag Team Champions twice with uh, Bart Sawyer um, in the WF. Two-time WCW Champion in the WWE. Eight-time WWE Heavyweight Champion. Two-time Intercontinental Champion. Five-time Tag Team Champion. Uh, three with Mankind. One with The Undertaker. One with Chris Jericho. 2000 Royal Rumble winner. He's the sixth Triple Crown winner. Um, he's got nine Slammies. So it's The Rock. This one's easy. I'm Jones. only a fan of the name Thunderbolt Patterson. If it was like a children's show or something, I or you know, I guess it's a good name for an action figure. But um, he did. Um, have a lot of uh, tag team belts and some of the guys he uh, uh, won them with is a pretty in, uh, impressive list. Uh, Tommy Rich, uh, Tony Atlas, Ole Anderson, Jerry Briscoe, Wahoo McDaniel, and the list goes on. Johnny Valentine. Um, sounds like he was more of the tag team where The Rock, yeah. I mean, Steven just said it all. I could add to it. But it's not needed until probably the last round, maybe. Yeah, it's a clean sweep for The Rock. Uh, even right now, uh, he's got his own TV show uh, with the young Rock. And you're seeing different story times uh, with him uh, growing up and becoming who he was. Uh, going from Rocky Maivia to what he is uh, today, totally uh, different person. Uh, Steven, I want to recap our first round? Yeah, so we had Ernie Ladd beat Rufus R. Jones 3-0. Butch Reed beat Kofi Kingston 2-1. Kamala beat Brickhouse Brown 3-0. Coco Beware beat Two Cold Scorpio 2-1. Rocky Johnson beat The Junkyard Dog 2-1. Booker T beat Jay Lethal 3-0. Ron Simmons beat Sweet Daddy Seeky 3-0. And The Rock beat Thunderbolt Patterson 3-0. Patterson Setting up our second round of Ernie Ladd versus Butch Reed, Kamala versus Coco Beware, Rocky Johnson versus Booker T, Ron Simmons versus The Rock. Yeah, it's going to get a little bit uh, dice here. I'm not sure if we're going to see relations in the uh, in third round, but we'll find out what happens. Jonesy, uh, you get to start off the second round with Big Cat Ernie Ladd taking on the natural Butch Reed or Hacksaw Butch Reed. I'll, I'll make it quick. Uh, I did want to add that uh, I read up on the, um, uh, as soon as I get my cursor over there, the history of the Black World uh, Wrestling Belt, um, which was amalgamated uh, with the NWA uh, championship. And so that NWA championship, you can trace it back to all the Black champions as well, because uh, years ago in wrestling they had basically a white belt and the black belt uh and people not quite sure if it was because of you know uh, the obvious reason of difference of color or if it was kayfabe as far as why not have one of each and then you could have both those guys go against each other but i found that interesting um it's ernie lad i mean butch reed i i actually liked butch reed i i wish 
he would have been able to do more in the WWF. Uh, I liked his character. I loved his freaking blonde hair. I thought he looked badass. Um, even with that bad dye job, he still looked badass. But uh, Ernie Ladd, legendary uh, name. It's almost like saying Hulk Hogan to old pe older people. Uh, so um, that's it, Ernie Ladd. Yeah, I too am going to go with Ernie Ladd over Butch Reed. Very close between the two, to be honest. Uh, but just the uh, balancing of career uh, football and wrestling and uh, then being as successful as he was, not many football players were as successful. And I'm not counting Goldberg because that was really manufactured 30-second bullshit. But to have an actual career like Ernie Ladd did, I got to give it to Ernie. Steven? Oh, it's a clean sweep. I love Butch Reed, but he unfortunately is up against Ernie Ladd. And that takes us to our second matchup, which is Kamala against Coco Beware. Um, two gimmicks, if you look at just their uh, uh, look in their WWF career. But for me, I'm going to go with Coco Beware. Just a better career. Uh, outside of uh, WDEF uh, with his Mid-South uh, runs. Uh, Kamala, yes, was mainstay on the bigger uh, stages, but I'm going with uh, Coco. Steven? I love Coco Beware, um, but I'm actually going Kamala. I think Kamala... Coco had a good run in memphis but then he kind of disappears to me becomes kind of a joke kamala that gimmick lasted and it could still you could still put the kamala gimmick today and it would still work so i'm going kamala jonesy you're splitting it i'd actually like to see almost like a female kamala come in who would then bring in the son of kamala they could do a whole son of and cousin of. and Anyways, uh, it's Kamala, even though I, I would probably rather see a Coco Beware match. But as far as pageantry and all that, Kamala, uh, I actually went to a school to school with a guy um, that looked like Kamala, a very young Kamala. He even asked him to paint stars and a moon on his belly, but he wouldn't do it. And, Sean, you can look in the yearbook. I'll find the guy's name. There we go. And our third match of the second round has Rocky Johnson against Booker T. This one, I have a feeling I might be the only one who goes this way, but I'm going Booker T. Uh, too many championships, too long of career. Rocky Johnson was great, but Booker T, there, uh, there's just too much there. So I'm going Booker T. Jonesy? Wow, I'm kind of I'm hurt. Um, uh Booker T, to me, is the obvious choice. Rocky Johnson, yeah, I'm sure he was great, and he did do some firsts and all that, but Booker T went from, like, a nobody tag team, and he had a slow progression, and he made the right moves, and he's one of... Like, especially a guy of that height, the moves that he could do, some of the stuff he does, it, it, it's it's like watching Jake the Snake. There's only 
only one person can do those type of moves a certain way and Booker uh, uh, T for me. It is a clean sweep. I wasn't sure how you guys were going to uh, <laughs> do it because, uh, yeah, I was wondering if it was going to be a father versus son uh, boat in the uh, uh, semifinals, but it's definitely not going to be because Booker T is sweeping this, and that brings us to Jonesy, our final match in the second round. The Ron Simmons versus The Rock in a battle of uh, the nation. Yeah, unfortunately for Ron Simmons, it's going to end up the same. Uh, but I, I will say I've... I've listened to some of Ron Simmons' uh, interviews and that, and I respect the guy more for what he talks about and his views. Uh, I really agree with a lot of what he his views are on, on life and stuff like that. And uh, he was great in the ring. He's definitely a, a legend, but, I mean, it's The, the Rock. I mean, he's a guy where you could argue that he's better than Hogan, the guy that at one time was like, no one's better than Hogan, except maybe Ric Flair. But, you know, um, but the, yeah, so it's The Rock. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, The Rock as well. Uh, it's a probably clean sweep there, uh, Stephen? Yeah, I'm going Ron Simmons. Oh, Simmons. Okay. I mean, I like The Rock, but The Rock moved on fairly quick from wrestling, where Ron Simmons, once he became a wrestler, he stuck. I kind of already knew that The Rock was going to win, but I had Simmons just out of pure respect, too. So, Yeah, so, I, it could go either way, honestly, with them when you look at uh, the fact of what Ron Simmons means to the world of uh, professional wrestling. Uh, just with that one match with uh, Vader. So that concludes our second round. Steven? So we had Erdu Lad beat Butch Reed 3-0. Kamala beat Coco Beware 2-1. Booker T beat Rocky Johnson 3-0. And The Rock beat Ron Simmons 2-1. Setting up our semifinals as Ernie Lad versus Kamala and Booker T versus The Rock. So, any surprises going into the final four? Did you expect somebody different to be in there? Uh, I thought Rocky Johnson was going to move on. I really thought no one was going to vote for Booker T, but I mean, it, it was a clean sweep, so that kind of surprised me. Jonesy, any surprises as we go into? No, I actually just in the first round uh, where Too Cold did, didn't go. I actually wrote down Too Cold because, uh, you know, sometimes you think, you know, oh, I know these guys. I know who they're going to vote for. And well, Sometimes numbers and everything speak louder. And we're looking at full careers. So, yeah, that brings us to our first matchup in the semifinals. And it's Big Cat Ernie Ladd against Kamala. Um this one is definitely a uh, easy one for me. I'm going with Big Cat, uh, just too big and better of a career than Kamala. Uh, Kamala didn't need the championships and was a wonderful character, 
by almost a little too stereotypical uh, and might not uh, translate well into 2021, especially with the uh, way his character was. Uh, so, Big Cat. Steven? I actually went with Kamala. Uh, Ernie Lad was great, but he had a very short run, I found. Found once he really leaves mid-south, he turns it, – it goes down very quickly. Obviously, the pro football really took a uh, toll on what he could do after so long. So I went Kamala because I just – I found Kamala from the time he gets to uh, USWA to the time, even through the Dungeon of Doom, as much as the Dungeon of Doom was dumb, he could still go. So I went longevity – uh, and went with Kamala. So, Jonesy, you get to break this tiebreak. Yeah, um, you know, I can I can bash Kamala, and I also love Kamala. I, I bash Kamala because, again, the, sometimes they made the character so silly. Uh, he kind of lost the whole fear factor to him. Um, and that's what WWF and WCW uh, kind of do as they turn – good wrestlers in the cartoons. Um, but uh, I got to go with Kamala. His his character is everlasting. Like, I, I couldn't even, I can, I can close my eyes and I know exactly what Kamala looks like. Uh, where Ernie Ladd, uh, I don't think his name, uh, it will, it will still go on, but Kamala's, legend i think will is stronger and i think it will get stronger it's like a symbol two moons two stars and a moon uh i know if i was a wrestler especially if i was big i would beg beg can i please use that gimmick somehow uh like actually that's a pretty we should get tattoos like that but uh for, for me it's kamala he he had a long career, and if he didn't get sick, he would have still been going. There we go. Uh, so our other semifinal match is going to be Booker T versus The Rock, and this is the matchup that made Sting not want to come to WWE when uh, Booker and Rock confronted each other, and uh, Rock's like, who are you? Steven. I'm going Booker. Uh, this was a coin flip. Booker's got so many championships. So does The Rock, but I, I'm just going Booker. Jonesy. It is tough. Uh, I want to lean towards The Rock, uh, and it's not because he became a movie star. Uh, I think that's a bonus for him, uh, but me, I'm looking at the wrestling career. The Rock and Austin were almost identical as far as seeing guys that one day a switch hit and they seemed to also transform into what they became. Uh, and The Rock is not one of a kind, but he was so good on a microphone. He's like, he just oozes what WWF wrestling is supposed to be. Uh, that's what I think of, of The Rock. Booker T, WCW, 
And then he goes over and he's successful in the WWE. And he has a career still with them as uh, uh, an announcer. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go with Booker T on this. Uh, even though, you know, The Rock is the popular choice, and I fully understand anyone voting for him. But Booker T, I much rather watch a Booker T match than The Rock. I'd rather listen to The Rock on a microphone, but I'd rather watch Booker T. This is probably going to surprise a lot of viewers because you guys uh, already put Booker into the finals. But I'm also picking Booker. Like, you look at these two guys and just their personal uh, triumphs. Yeah, The Rock had uh, was a second generation and everything and had $7 in his pocket when he met up with Jim Ross and became a uh, yeah, wrestler. And you got through that Flex Cavana and Rocky Maivia uh, whole thing and as successful as he is. But then you got Booker, who came from the slums, uh, got in trouble legally, got into jail, came out of there and didn't get caught in the system. And he made something of himself and just all the uh, stuff that he's accomplished from being GI bro, global wrestling, to going to being Kane or Cole. I'm not sure which one he was uh, when Harlem Heat first came in and yeah, being on to today. So Steven. Uh, oh, so in the semifinals, I think we had two upsets. I think the viewers would think uh, Kamala beat Ernie Ladd 2-1 and Booker T actually took a clean sweep uh, of the rock setting up our finals. That was Kamala. First Booker T. I never would have guessed it myself. I honestly, uh, as you just pointed out, I thought it was going to be Ernie Ladd versus uh, The Rock, just the careers, and it was going to be hard to find somebody to beat The Rock. As soon as he was mentioned to be put into the 16, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good for everybody else. It's going to be uh, mud rock just trouncing everybody but hey surprises happen jonesy your thoughts on it before you uh give us your finals actually a friend of mine i just texted him and he said he just made a lot of money on this because he bet for uh, kamala and uh you know here he is in, in in the finals so are you ready to do the finals then yes i am ready to do the finals um so I I'm 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 going with Kamala. Uh, I go with Kamala because again, as good as Booker T is in that, over time Kamala will still be mentioned, I think, more than Booker T. Uh as as far as when I think of great wrestlers throughout the year, Kamala is a, a classic character. Uh, where Booker T, he wasn't really a character. He was more himself. He, he didn't, yeah, they did the GI bro and stuff like that, but that was not really, to me, that was just, you know, silly stuff. Uh, but um, Kamala, he had, especially going into, like, the more independence before he went up to WWF and that, he was... The guy came to your town. He's going against your top guy. Booker T didn't get there to the top 
for a long time. It took him a long time to get there. Kamala had it pretty quick. Uh, and he didn't have to say anything. Um, a lot of times he wouldn't even have a manager uh, down at the ring with him. Uh, and when they did, they, I mean, to me, Kamala works on his own. Uh, he's a main eventer. Um, yes, I'd rather watch Booker T in a wrestling match than Kamala, but I think Kamala is the made it huge. He really did. Okay, interesting. Because that means Steven is going to have to break the tie. Will it be Kamala or the Spinner Rooney? Because I'm so going I for love, I love Kamala and I love the gimmick, but there's too much. There's too much. There's just too much there. It's Booker T. He's he's got too much. Kamala's great, and I love Kamala, but it's Booker. Yeah, uh, just too much. Uh, as I said, just in the last round, a lot of uh, personal uh, triumphs uh, as well to get to where he is. Uh, Two-time Hall of Famer and uh, multi-time uh, champion. Booker T is our winner, uh, which concludes this week's episode. Um, I don't think we've uh, fully established what part of WrestleMania we're going to be looking at, but we are going to be doing uh, a bunch of different WrestleMania-themed uh, events. I uh, hope you tune into Fantasy Warfare Tournament's postings on our Facebook page. You'll find out what our next episode is, maybe even as soon as uh, – Tomorrow night on the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, you'll end up seeing what our uh, next event is. But, uh, guys, uh, your thoughts on today's and future stuff? I mean, I'm excited. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, to see what WrestleMania and some of the things that are coming up. Jonesy, I know you're going through uh, WrestleMania stuff uh, leading to our um, This Week in History stuff uh, rundowns. Your thoughts on WrestleMania uh, Fantasy Warfares? Uh, WrestleMania is kind of like when you look back at the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, there's some major differences within each decade, yet they blend together. Um, I definitely noticed that you know, the early WrestleManias, as far as referees, uh, commentators, staff, the longer WrestleMania went, especially once it hit like WrestleMania 15, 16, it just blew up. And the amount of commentators, referees they had, it was, um, to me, the true WrestleManias are 15 and below. And then once you start getting up higher, it's completely different. It's more of a spectacle than an actual wrestling show. Even though there's still wrestling and some great matches, it's you go back to like just the atmosphere of some of the older ones, uh, even WrestleMania 7, and a lot of the best matches was the middle card. Yeah, so we'll uh, see what we come out of. Uh, we did talk uh, a couple of 
different subjects, uh, best WrestleManias, uh, different uh, ones with uh, the titles uh, or uh, either tags, women's, mid cards. We'll uh, sort that all out and get uh, probably about six weeks worth uh, since there's 36 WrestleManias uh, to look back on. But that's coming up. Uh, stay tuned on our Facebook page for uh, more information. And, of course, tomorrow night on Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. So until next time, have a good one. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. Relive title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.